Hey, Excel. Man, it is so good to finally be able to connect with you again. Uh, with everything that's going on and all the craziness, it's amazing to me how much you miss your church family and just how much I miss you guys. So I wanted to be able to still connect with you, and we've been working hard behind the scenes to make sure that while we're out of the building, we could still be together. We, we keep hearing a lot of things about church is canceled or Excel is canceled, but I need you to understand, uh, church is never canceled. We are church. Church continues to go on until we are all together with the Lord in heaven. And so church is never canceled. And, and even if it's virtual or if it's in person, it's important for us to get together, hear from God's word, and spend time just continuing to motivate each other in our faith. And so before I get into this message, there's a couple of announcements that I want to go through, a couple of things that I know you're probably wondering about. First of all, spring breakaway. I've had a lot of people asking me, is it still happening? Is it not happening? I called the campgrounds and I was able to at least push the camp back into the middle of May. Now, again, this is tentative. We're looking at it week by week. We don't really know how long this situation globally and locally is going to be going on. And so we want to be sensitive to that. But our also hope is that we can do it. And so we're keeping the door open for now, and we're going to keep you posted as we continue to move forward. The other thing is small groups. Uh, right now, we'd be in the middle of our small group semester. We'd be building relationships. We'd be able to connect. Uh, and because of uh, technology and what we have available, I believe we could still do that. And so hopefully, we're going to be opening up small groups virtually online soon. And so we want you to stay uh, uh, ready for that. Look for the announcements. Look for the instructions. Get ready to hear from your leaders. We want to continue to connect with you. So keep those Friday nights open because I believe small groups is still going to be happening. So with that said, I've been praying a lot about uh, everything that's been going on. I've been praying for you. I've been praying, obviously, for my family. This whole quarantine and, and, and time locked in, it could be scary. Uh, the whole situation can be scary. Anything that's unknown can be scary. Uh, but as I was thinking about this and I was praying about this, I, I always try to see, well, what's the benefit from the situation? I mean, to a certain extent, it is what it is, right? Uh, we're in a situation where we're trying our best to minimize casualties, to minimize the spread of coronavirus. We're doing everything we can to make sure that we get beyond this point. Uh, but even while we're doing that, I've never been somebody who wanted to just wait idly. I never wanted to just sit there and not get anything out of it. And so I was beginning to pray and think about what I wanted to talk to you about. And the Lord reminded me uh, of a real great scripture in Matthew chapter 26. And let me set this up for you. In Matthew 26, uh, this is right before Jesus is about to be captured and taken in by the Roman soldiers. Eventually he was going to be beaten, bruised, crucified for your sins and for mine. This is a very scary moment for Jesus. This is a, a time that he knew was coming. He often talked about it, but now he's getting right to the precipice of it. It's almost like if you're in line for a really scary roller coaster and there's this moment of excitement, this fun, but as you get closer to the front of the line, there's also this moment of, oh my God, this is about to happen. And it's a mixture of excitement and fear. And yes, Jesus was excited to do what he could do to bring back unity between God and man and, and rid sin and conquer death forever. He was excited and he wanted to do that. There was also a fear though, because yes, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And, and that man had those moments that he had to battle with. And so here in Matthew 26, beginning in verse 36, uh, you see what he does in order to prepare for this 
really intense situation. And again, it reminds me of kind of the situation we're in now. We're in this intense situation where we're not sure how things are going to unfold and different reports are saying different things. And and I want you to notice what Jesus does. Uh, Verse 36, it says, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed his face down to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The scripture is interesting because we're almost seeing one of the first instances of social distancing. See, from a practical standpoint, uh, the government and, and the World Health Organization and everybody has been advised to do social distancing, along with washing your hands for 20 seconds and coughing into your arms. Social distancing has been a word that's uh, gotten on our lips and has been spread all over social media. And everywhere you hear, everywhere you look, you're hearing social media saying or you're hearing people saying, hey, it's important to have social distancing. Well, what does that mean from a practical standpoint? Because I do think it's important for us to be able to to make sure that we uh, minimize the spread of coronavirus, that we minimize the spread of this disease by uh, doing good habits and social distancing. That's why we can't gather together this night. That's why we can't get together in our no more small groups because we wanna be able to minimize the spread of this virus. And in order to do that, those who are healthy need to make sure that they're not being in contact with those who aren't. And those who aren't healthy need to make sure they're doing the same. And so because with this virus, we're not sure who is or who isn't. Sometimes the symptoms don't come out for, for days or even a couple of weeks, and yet you can have the virus and you could spread the virus. This is why they're saying, hey, even if you are young and and it may not affect you, and even if you have it and and you may not necessarily die from it, you could still spread it to somebody who's vulnerable. For example, me and my daughter, I have asthma. This makes it more complicated if I were to contract the virus. My daughter is a newborn. She hasn't developed her immune system yet. And so if she get it, there can be complications with that as well. So it's very important, and I want to make sure you understand, it's very important that we don't take this lightly and that we do practice good social distancing. But at the same time, I think there's a very strong spiritual component to social distancing that we can learn from. One that Jesus is showing us here in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's a few points that I want you to understand. And if you're taking notes, you may want to write this down. When it comes to social distancing, the first thing I notice is that social distancing can be very healthy. Social distancing can be very healthy. How do I know that? Well, look it. Notice that Jesus uh, didn't bring everyone with him. He didn't bring the rest of the disciples. He didn't bring his other hundred or so followers. He didn't bring uh, the Pharisees. He didn't bring his own family. He, He pulled away from the crowd. And sometimes it's healthy to pull away from the crowds. Listen, Luke chapter five, verse 15 through 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more, talking about Jesus. So the crowds of people came uh, to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This isn't because Jesus doesn't like people. And I know some of the introverts out there are like, dude, I'm in heaven right now. Like I get to just stay home and play video games all day. This is awesome. But, but that's not what he was doing. 
It's important a lot of times because of the busyness of our lives and we live in a world where we're constantly bombarded, where we're always interacting. In particular, those of you at Excel, you're in the city, you're always around people. Uh, sometimes it's good to pull away from the crowd. You know, when this whole thing broke out, I was in Houston. I was doing a camp for our friend, Pastor Nelson, and we had a wonderful time with, with our CU family down there, and, and God was moving. Uh, but there was 100 or so kids there, and, and obviously the whole epidemic was going on, and, and we weren't sure if I could even come back home. And it's interesting. When I came home, uh, just to be safe, I, I distanced myself from my daughter in particular. I didn't grab her. I, I tried not to touch her at all. I, I, I washed myself immediately. I, I made sure I washed my hands every few minutes. But I wanted to have a good social distancing from her for her health. But the amazing thing is, the few days after I came back, when all this broke out and we started to quarantine, I was sleeping for a really long time to the point where I was wondering, man, am I sick? Like I, I find myself sleeping for hours. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. And then I realized something. I didn't have any other symptoms. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have a cough. I didn't, I didn't have anything else. I was just tired. And I think the truth is that I was tired. I needed rest. I had been among the crowds and I'm always, you know, speaking, I'm always preaching, I'm always interacting with people, I'm connecting with people, you know, uh, my life is constantly surrounded with people. And I think God took this moment personally for me to slow me down, to say, hey, Pastor Joey, you need to pull away from the crowd and you need to, to rest, you need to breathe, you need to sleep. Listen, some of us, this has been a welcomed opportunity to rest. Some of you have been so stressed out with the end of the school year, with figuring out what you're going to do next with college, that the whole world has just stopped and given you an opportunity to catch your breath. And listen, it's not just uh, when, with those good things. Honestly, there are some relationships in your life that pre-coronavirus already needed distancing. There's some relationships in your life that you needed to pull away from. Listen, social distancing can be very healthy when the relationships you are in are unhealthy. Social distancing can be very healthy when we're engaged in unhealthy relationships. Psalm chapter one, verse one, the very first verse in the Psalm says this, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Listen, some of you, this has been a great opportunity to pull away from some unhealthy relationships you were having whether it be at school or in the neighborhood, people that you were connecting with, doing things with that you shouldn't be doing, saying things with that you shouldn't be saying, acting in ways that you shouldn't be acting. And now God has pulled you away from those people. And it's important for you not to pull back. It's important for you not to, to draw in. It's important for you to ask yourself these questions. Who are you calling a friend that isn't acting like a friend? I remember uh, a few months ago, I was talking to one of my nieces and she came over to me and told me how uh, her friend at school was, was talking bad about her and was being mean to her. And I, and I stopped her as she was telling me and I said, sweetie, just real quick, you called her your friend. That's not a friend. That's not who a friend is. Don't call that girl your friend. She's not your friend. It's important that we understand. Sometimes we, we allow people to be our friends to allow people to be our boyfriends, our girlfriends, we allow them to have access into our life when they shouldn't. Who are you allowing access into your life that is causing more drama than support? Who should you be socially distancing yourself from, not because of the coronavirus, but because they're a virus? It's important in these times that you have an opportunity to pull away 
to pull away completely. You have an excuse. You, you have an open opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe it's time for us to be apart for a little bit longer. Don't be afraid to use the following functions to block, to unfollow, to delete. Because even social media, there are people and there are aspects that you just need to pull away from. I can be honest, uh, I haven't really been uh, on Facebook much this past week because I just didn't want to read all the things I was reading. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't lifting my spirit. It wasn't making me uh, closer to God. It wasn't uh, bringing joy to my heart. There was just some stuff where I thought, you know what, I just don't need to read that. And there are some people, some people's feeds that are hurting you, that are causing you to look at pages you shouldn't look at, that are bringing up memories that you don't want to bring up. And these are people that, again, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to make a formal breakup, but you do need to distance yourself. And it's as easy as an unfollow. It's as easy as pulling away. Now, with that said, it's important that you understand the next point. Social distancing does not mean social isolation. Social distancing does not mean social isolation. One of the greatest risks behind social distancing is that people become socially isolated. In other words, they, they close themselves off from all relationships, meaning that they cut everybody out. They end up struggling then with loneliness, with anxiety, with fear. But I want you to notice that in the story that we just read, uh, we read that Jesus isolated himself from the crowd, but he didn't isolate himself from people. He brought his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, along with him as support, as, as prayer warriors, as men who can come alongside him in his hour of need. He didn't pull away completely from everyone. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. You know, one of the, the great things that I've seen in this past couple of weeks are the many calls and, and interactions I've had with friends just checking in on me, just wanting to see if me and my family were okay. You know how amazing it is because we live in a world where sometimes the only uh, people that call you are the people who want something from you. But in this moment, I had so many calls, so many messages, so many friends and family and leaders who, who just called me up to say, hey, how are you doing? How, how's your family doing? How's your daughter feeling? Do you need anything? I had a couple of people actually bring us groceries and, and, and bring us things so that we wouldn't have to go out. I mean, this was something that genuinely lifted my heart with joy and made me miss everyone so much more. It's important that in this time of social distancing, you're not socially isolating. Don't close yourself off from everybody. Don't hide in your corner. Don't get caught in your head with your own negative thoughts. It's important for you to continue to build relationships. Just build healthy ones. It, it's important for you to continue to, to check in on people and encourage people and, and see how they're doing. And so, listen, with all these challenges, which, by the way, I am so sick of all the challenges. Uh, not that I'm like this old grumpy person, but it's just getting annoying. Like, there's a challenge every day. And, and, and if we're going to go with challenges, here's a challenge for you. Connect with somebody during this time. Build relationships. FaceTime one of your fellow Excel people. Say, hey, I, I want to pray with you. I, I'm, I'm working on my prayer life. Let's pray together. Call somebody. See how they're doing. Send a text message, send a Facebook message, write a letter, whoa, do something to make sure that you can connect with another human being. See, the, the beauty behind what's going on and the day that it's going on is that we have a way to stay connected even while we're apart. 
The, the fact that I can still uh, pasture you and pour into you right now, even though we're not in the same room, is a testament that we can still do this if we're willing to make the effort. So I want to challenge you. Call somebody. Check in on your leaders. Don't just wait for them to call you. See how they're doing. See how you can pray for them. Spend some, some quality time with your family. And man, I'll tell you, one of the best parts is for this last two weeks, I just spent it with my wife and daughter. My daughter has never had this much time with both of us. Every day she lights up because Poppy's there and, and he gets to pick her up and he gets to change her diaper. And, and I've been holding her time and time again and just hours just sitting there watching her and, and enjoying and saying, listen, if I got to be quarantined, I'm so happy that I get to be quarantined with these two that I can love my wife and spend quality time talking with her, that I can spend this beautiful opportunity with my daughter and bond with her and connect with her in ways that I never did. Listen, some of you I know you're stuck in houses where uh, maybe you don't want to always be there. Maybe the conversations aren't always uplifting, aren't always healthy. But maybe this is also an opportunity that God can use to mend broken relationships, to heal things that the enemy has tried to fracture, to strengthen bonds that maybe are already strong but can be stronger to build close relationships with the family. One of the enemy's greatest goals in this world is to destroy the family. And God has now given you an opportunity to get closer to them. Don't waste it by locking yourself in your room, listening to music and not connecting with anybody. Don't waste it by scrolling through your social media feed and seeing how other people are living their life. Make an opportunity to connect and connect in a genuine way. And speaking of connection, the last thing that I need you to understand, and I think the most important aspect of this scripture, is that social distancing allows for spiritual intimacy. Social distancing allows for spiritual intimacy. Yes, Jesus brought his three guys, Peter, James, and John, but I want you to notice, he said, you stay here while I go there. He understood that at this dark hour, in this moment where everything is about to unfold, I have to get alone with God. The most common excuse I hear from people on why they haven't done their devotionals, why they haven't spent time in prayer, why they haven't gotten alone with God is simply this, I don't have time. I'm sure you've said that a time or two. I'm sure it's something that you've used as an excuse or a reason on why you're not where you need to be spiritually. Well, God just literally shut the world down and gave you time. God literally stopped everything, killed all the distractions, said no more sports, no more work, no more school. Now what are you going to do? You have literally all the time in the world. Are you using it to get closer to God? Jesus, again, was about to endure the most difficult time of his entire life. And he knew that this important time required time with God. We're living in one of the scariest times you might have ever lived in. This is probably the darkest time you've ever been in. This is not a time to ignore everything. This is a time to get closer to God. Luke 22, verse 41 through 44, says he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. This is uh, Luke's version of the same story about the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Again, you've probably just entered into one of the most life-altering moments 
of your history. These are those moments in time like 9-11 was for me and uh, the assassination of JFK was for some of your grandparents. These are some of these life-defining moments that seem to pivot your life in a way that will always be recorded in history. You'll always look back and say, I remember the pandemic. I remember that time in 2020 when coronavirus hit. I was this many years old and, and this was going on. This was always a time that'll switch things. This pandemic is serious. We're not sure how long it's going to last and what the ripple effects will be. And I don't want to say this to scare you, and I'm not trying to build fear in you because the Bible is clear that we don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. But I do want you to understand that now is the time for you to draw close to God. Now is the time for you to understand that your greatest hope has to be in Christ. It can't be in anything else. Your hope must be in Christ because if you look at the world, Many of whom are losing hope are those whose hope was in something other than Christ. Those whose hope was in what they possessed. Those whose hope is in, in what they had. Look how quickly a virus changed everything. Those whose hopes were in money have lost much of it. Those whose hopes were in their social status are noticing that this virus doesn't discriminate against the popular and the unpopular. Those whose hope is in sports saw how quickly every single league shuts down. You realize in these moments that all this is temporary, that all of this can stop on a dime, and yet God continues to move. God is eternal, not temporary. God is the only hope that we could put our life in. And now is the time for you to understand that and take the opportunity to press in. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 19 through 22 says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into most holy place. Let me pause right there if you can keep that scripture up. It's important for you to understand what the Bible is saying in this moment. It's saying that because of what Jesus did, because of the aftermath of the Garden of Gethsemane, because of what happened when he was captured, beaten, bruised, crucified, and eventually conquered death by resurrecting three days later, because of that, the curtain is torn. Now, now what it's talking about when it talks about curtain is in the Old Testament, you'll often see that the holy place where, where God resided was was covered by a curtain because you couldn't just go into the presence of God. The presence of God was so powerful that it would literally kill you because of the sin in your life. And so there was a barrier. There was something that blocked you from being able to connect with God. And Jesus, when he died on the cross for your sin and for mine, when he, when he conquered death and he washed our sins away by his blood, he also tore the curtain down. He removed the barrier and said, now you and I can be connected. The very fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins opened the door for you to have a relationship with your heavenly father, for you to talk to him, for you to spend time in his word, for you to spend time in prayer, for you to worship him in your own room, in your own time. Going back to the scripture, it says, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Listen to me, Excel. 
or whoever else is watching right now, while you're washing your hands for 20 seconds, take some time to wash your spirit in the beautiful presence of God, to wash your spirit with the word of God, to wash your spirit in prayer and in worship, to take time now that he has given it to you to be alone with God in his presence so that when this is over and we get to come together again, we will come together stronger, more spiritually fulfilled because we took this opportunity of social distancing to get closer to God. With that being said, I wanna pray over you right now that God would help you to do this. And I wanna encourage you that when we're done with this video, would you take some time to then be alone with God? I know it's hard sometimes. I know some of your houses are really crowded, but do your best. Take a shower. Listen, sometimes some of the best alone times with God are when I'm in a shower because nobody can see you crying in a shower. But in honestly, do whatever you can to get alone with God. Listen, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying you got to do it for 15 hours. It might be 15 minutes. But however long it is, take an opportunity, not just after this video, but every day going forward to take time to pray. And again, for those of you who go, well, I don't know what to pray about. You can start with this pandemic. You can start with the church. You can start with your leaders. You can start with your family. I mean, there's so many things to pray about. I don't believe you if you tell me you don't know what to pray about. Make a list, write it out. Take time to check off those things on a regular basis. And if you don't know what to pray about and you don't have anything else on your list, literally go on your social media and ask people, what can I pray for? Take time in your word. If you don't understand what you're reading, ask one of your leaders. Reach out to us. Many of us are ready at home. We're willing to answer. We're doing our own devotional time. Encourage one another. Build that opportunity. Take the chance to get closer to God. I want to pray that God would help you do that. So right where you are, I'm going to ask you, would you just close your eyes as I pray over you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, God, you, you see that person who's watching right now? And God, I know that at the time of this recording and the time that they're watching it, it's not equal, but to you, time is irrelevant. So Lord, I know this prayer can reach them now or when they're watching it. And I just pray, God, that you would give them an opportunity in this time of social distancing to see the benefit that comes out of this. Lord, I pray that they would take this time to rest and, and to recoup and, and to understand that they need to get alone with you, God. Lord, I pray that they would take this opportunity to socially distance themselves from unhealthy relationships and people that they shouldn't be in contact with. God, I pray that they would take this opportunity to get closer to their family, to get closer to individuals that are good relationships that you have put in their life, to not isolate themselves, to not close themselves off and, and put themselves in a corner. And more importantly, God, than all of it, I pray that in this time of social distancing, they wouldn't be distant from you, that they would draw closer to you, that they would love you, that they would learn to love you and be loved by you, and that they would grow closer to you every single day. God, we need you now more than ever. We need you to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us boldness, to help us to understand what's next, to give us hope for a future and hope in you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each and every one of us in Jesus' name until we can gather together. We pray that all in your mighty name, Lord. And everyone said, amen. Guys, I'm so grateful to be with you. And as I was praying and, and preparing, there's one more piece of scripture I wanna leave you with because in all honesty, uh, I miss you so much.
And um, I wanted to leave you with this last verse that sums up how I've been feeling towards you. Romans chapter one, verse 10 through 12. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I wanna encourage you in your faith, but I also wanna be encouraged by yours. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you next week.